And welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, I appreciate you. I appreciate my guests. I appreciate my audience. Thank you for tuning in. We have, before we do that, you know what my two favorite platforms are? First of all, they should sponsor me. So Instagram, please give me a call. My two favorite platforms are Instagram. You can connect with me at Cody at CVMK33 and on YouTube at YouTube at CV Space K. We're all anchor. We're all anchor. We're all podcasts are heard wherever However, your podcast preference is, we are there. I have an amazing episode featuring an amazing gym owner, Anthony Amen. He has a gym. It's in the state of New York. Things are happening. We want to hear him. We want to know how the business is doing. We want to know how to support. We have some questions uh, from us gym goers. So with that being said, Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Cody, as always. It's always a pleasure being here with you i gotta say you're my favorite host and guest you're hey, I, like top I like that host and guest i appreciate that brother let's get into it so vaccinations are out biden says 100 million vaccines by may 1st right so basically june july Everybody should be inoculated. That can be. I mean, that's that's what they're projecting, right? So with that being said, you know, the elimination of 50% capacity, 25, loosening of the regulations, what does that mean for a gym owner? That's a two-way question. <laughs> so first, I'm going to answer the capacity question where it's the percentage. The percentage doesn't matter. And what I mean by that is we have six feet apart. So it doesn't matter for 50, 60, 70%. If we can't get everyone six feet apart, you can't have them. So both have to go together congruently, which is something we're looking forward to finally happening. Because as you can imagine, personal training somebody six feet apart is not only dangerous, but (laughs) probably not a good idea. So it's a little bit of that gray area I'm hoping to get rid of. I mean, we have times we have to come within six feet. I just don't want to have to deal with this. I'm super excited about all of that coming down the pipeline and people finally getting back. And it's already started turning, which is awesome. Wow. That's good. What's it going to be like, you know, like when everybody can take the mask off? You know what I'm saying? Like, because right now it's like, we're all like, you got your mask, you know, it's got like this thing and it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a decision, but it's like, when we get to that point where it almost feels normal again, is that what you're looking forward to? Oh yeah. Cause I, I, I know you work out. Have you worked out with a mask on? Try doing hit training. Now try giving yourself uh make yourself gain a hundred pounds and try doing hit training. It's hard, man. You start breathing without it. No matter you're adding that restriction to it. So I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to build confidence on a lot of people to come back and those that really need it. And that's the biggest takeaway is it's been a year, one solid year, and the obesity rate, the percentage has doubled. So that's not good in general. I mean, cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer in the U.S. So we need to handle that issue before anything else. So I'm excited for the masks to come off. I'm excited for the capacities to go away. So we can really address the real issue here and help save some lives. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, saving lives. We, we talk about that, that saving, life, uh, saving lives aspect. Um, 
is it is it is is the horse too far out the barn? Um, you know, I haven't heard that expression in a while. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, it, you know, obesity has. I mean, it has impacted everyone. I mean, I mean, there's been some who have you know fought as hard as they can and have stayed the course. But I, you know, I follow Arnold. Right, he posted on Instagram. He said he's even gained ten pounds. You know, during this pandemic, right? Like sometimes that is the deciding factor between somebody starting and stopping, not feeling good about themselves, right? Like how hard is it going to be to when that day comes and it's like, you know, you can go outside and breathe again um, to get people to realize like, look, we have really lost footing in this and we have other issues at hand. And even though, yeah, we can all go back to the beach, what we need to do is start with the gym. Like what does that conversation look like? I mean, you're starting to see the conversation turn already. I've noticed that the last couple of weeks where people need a place to go. They're having that realization where everyone said, just go work out outside and at home. It doesn't work. And why it doesn't work is strictly because of the accountability aspect of it. When you go to a gym and then you're working out around your buddies, you're not going to say, oh, I'm going to do nothing. You're like, oh, I'm here. Let me work hard. When you're showing up to a trainer in person, you know, we're not letting you get away with one, not showing, and two, not working hard every session. So people didn't really have, at least most people, the accountability of doing it at home. And they're starting to realize that. So you're going to see more of a shift towards that direction where people are going to say, hey, you know, I really need the accountability. I really think what you're going to see is an increase in personal training and a decrease in the big boxes, which we're already seeing as well. Yeah. So a little bit of congruency with all of that, It's you're going to start seeing the pendulum kind of shift where people are going to want to start getting healthier to a degree but that's what i think no i like it i think honestly the um decrease in the big box increase in personal training but i also think there has to be this niche because you're one of the few personal trainers who actually own and operate a gym most pro personal trainers are just like a byproduct of the gym right um and is it fair to call them a personal trainer that's debatable right so what i'm saying is like you know uh how how is that market gonna respond i i think personally um just for me looking on the outside looking in i i think a lot of your uh i would say blockbuster models right you're 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 kind of without naming them for libel reasons uh probably won't <laughs> probably won't last through 2021 2022 i think more of your specialized niches and more custom created facilities and and memberships probably a little bit more expensive as well but those that are really dedicated to the development and well-being of their members i think those have the competitive advantage what should a a gym seeker be looking for because you know now you know i don't think the the i don't think it's catchy to say you know five dollars a month like that's not going to get my business right like people are coming out of this year over year by the time that happens uh pandemic what what should be the message like i say all the time whatever you feel will get you going i don't care if it's yoga pilates orange theory uh personal training Anything that you can commit to because you enjoy doing, do. That's that's the answer. 
If you want to get more specific about what to look for, I can tell you from a training perspective, look for those that are certified. And not only certified, look for those that have their correct accreditation. Because unfortunately, I know in the state of New York, as well as 40 other states, I'm not sure which ones, but personal trainers are not licensed. What does that mean? I can say I'm a trainer just because I like working out. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing who takes the extra step, knowing who knows what they talk about, not just going for somebody because of the way they look, but really understanding their credentials and how smart they are with what they're talking about is going to help. And then a side note to that, we've officially sent the criteria to Department of Labor for New York State to get personal trainers licensed in this state. We are oh, working wow. on it. Wow. Tell us about that process. I, you know, I, I knew that personal that personal trainers aren't required by law to have certain credentials, especially within the state of Illinois. I believe that to be true. But at the same time, I feel like that's hazardous. Like, how can you coach someone and yet have no backing or some institution to vouch for your credibility? Like, can you explain? Because I think right now, you know, people are going to look at a personal trainer like, oh, that person has muscles or they might have the physique that I'm trying to obtain. Therefore, they should train me. And it's like, maybe that's not the best course of action. I call it friend knowledge. You see someone working out and you want to learn what they do. So you listen to your friends and then you all do it wrong. But mm-hmm. <laughs> what what to look for? National accreditation. So your certifications like NASM, ACSM, CSCS, those are like the big tier ones. It's going to be difficult for a consumer to understand which ones you can just, someone can go and buy a certification or they have to actually take a test like I did in my trainers. So it's tough. And what the process that we're doing now to get licensed involves building criteria around what we think people need, which you're going to laugh. But as a trainer, most textbooks don't talk about like special populations. It's usually like a page or two. Now, as a trainer, I can tell you, people coming to me, that's all we get. We get the people with the uh, torn muscles, the type 2 diabetes, the high blood pressure, the, the higher cases because those are the ones that need help, not the people that know how to like are fit. And mm-hmm. that's what trainers think. They're going to get into this field and train fit people. You're not going to. You're going to train the extreme side of the special populations. So you need to know what you're doing. Look at physical therapists. You have to get a doctorate to become a physical therapist. What are we doing that's so different than physical therapy? Nothing. So why don't we have equivalent accreditation for our field as therapists do, which I really think we should. It should be licensing. So we have a license on the line so we don't hurt people and put them in the ER. And then on top of that, like now we can petition to insurance companies. My dream is for insurance companies to pay for trainers. They don't want to listen to us because we don't have a license. Now we get licensed. Now we're accredited. Now we can get referrals from doctors, referrals from therapists, and insurance companies can pay for us. So it's a win-win in my book, and it kind of gets rid of the ones that don't know what they're talking about. Just put it in a nice way. Because when you get involved with the liability side of training, you start seeing cases that will scare you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like I've seen people put people in the ER because they don't know what the heck they're doing. So it's understanding you need to do your homework, need to do your research and find someone who knows what they're talking about. It's really important. Is this the first step? I'm glad you mentioned that. Is this the first step to 
um, getting, I won't call it universal coverage, but making sure that the fitness industry is uh, in line with all healthcare facilities. So like, just as it is important to go see your primary care physician, you know, your insurance also covers your gym membership, which also covers uh, your, your trainer, which also covers your nutrition plan because it's all basically medicine, right? I mean, it's it's a different way to think about medicine because this is obviously preventative versus just treating, right? But is this the first step? Because, you know, I, I haven't heard anybody really raising the, the concern uh, that basically we need to be accredited so that we can be covered under these insurance uh, plans. Yeah. So uh, you ready? For, I'm just going to tell you all right now. You're just, Go for it. Your audience is going to be in for a shock with this one. <laughs> first off, yes, it's the first step. That's That's the answer to that question. 100% and 100% needs to happen. But why is the kicker? So did you know, Cody? Actually, scratch that. Guess. Guess how much obesity costs our country every year? I'm going to say somewhere in the billions without knowing the number. <laughs> $190 billion a year. All right. Yeah. That's insane. Now you're a health insurance company, right? And health insurance costs are climbing. They're climbing because a lot of people are getting sicker, fatter, and ending up with the ER. And actually, our lifespan for the first time in human history has gone down mm-hmm. because of this. So insurance companies are thinking, and they already have started, if we get people healthier, they're less likely to get sick. They're less likely to need all these medicines so we can save money. So they started petitioning a referral back for going to the gym. But I think what they're learning and what we kind of knew from the beginning yeah, it's a great first step, but I used to work front desk at a gym and people would just check in and leave just to get the check-in. And they're not pushing themselves and they don't know what they're doing. So they're hurting themselves and it's still costing insurance companies money. Now, if you could pay for studios like trainers or like any kind of coaching or small group training where they can make sure these people are actually working out, the insurance is paying for it. They're going to save them as a company millions a year. So they're going to want to petition that way. Doctors are learning. Most diseases are preventable. They're preventable by diet and exercise. I think we kind of learned that with COVID, which is we could have drastically lowered that death rate if we took care of ourselves beforehand, if we were healthier. So why don't we, instead of preparing for the next time, because it will happen again, this disease is always circle. If we take care of ourselves, the next one, we'll have a lower death rate than this one did. And maybe we could save a few thousand lives because that's what it really comes down to saving lives of insurance companies, making money. And then, you know what the best part about all of this, if insurance companies are saving money, cause we're taking care of ourselves more, the cost of insurance is going to go down instead of these astronomical rates, which make you want to throw up as a small business owner, but that would be a win-win for everybody. So it's, it comes to us to take responsibility of our own health in our own hands and not saying, Oh, it's my, it's my problem. Not anyone else's. No, it's everyone's problem. Right. Especially that your media family, especially the cost of what you're doing. I mean, it's some crazy stat. Don't quote me in the number, but I think it's like 20% of work days are missed because of obesity because it makes you so much sicker and more lethargic 
because you're not sleeping as well. So you're more likely to miss work. Your production rates are going down as well. So now you're hurting the economy that way. It's just a lose-lose for everybody. So take accountability for our own actions, and we need to start taking care of each other and ourselves. No, well said. I, I think that we need to look inwardly and, and realize what really is aiding a lot of this and where we really can improve, where we really can improve. And I think that's an easy obstacle that can't really be, I'm sure it can be politicized, but I think that most people wouldn't fall for that propaganda. If you started saying, if we become healthier, we could do a lot cooler things. I don't think a lot of people be like, you know, that's, you know, that's not the issue I care about, you know, but I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure there's somebody out there that might give you some pushback. Um, but you know, oh, I've, I've gotten pushback. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I did a, a panel about childhood obesity for, yeah. and one of my questions was involving schools, where that's where the biggest problems is schools. Yeah, great. You can't make this stuff up, Cody. The Pelican Group is the one responsible for paying for most school lunches, right? They got sued because they said they don't have enough vegetables in their diet. Well, they ended up winning the lawsuit, the Pelican Group, as a counter because they were able to prove that pizza is a vegetable because of the tomato paste on it. And they did this and no one pushed back because they're a multi-million dollar corporation that's feeding most of the schools. And now they're able to put whatever they want because no one needs to wake up and say, we don't want these horrible school lunches that aren't good for our kids because that's where it starts. Habits built from youth. So if we're teaching kids from a young age, it's okay to be unhealthy. It's okay to be overweight. It's okay to eat junk food. Like that's when you're going to have the effect long-term as an adult. It's, it's sad. You see kids with like 12, 13 year olds with type two diabetes. That's, that shouldn't exist. Right. But yet it does. And it's the truth. So we need to take responsibility for our kids. And I think if we could change the youths and start in the schools, I think we can really, really see improvement for the future generations. And that's where I really want to focus my efforts is towards the schools, changing the diet. They were able to show in a crazy study where kids that are hurting in school, they did a test. I don't remember what state it was. I actually think it was Illinois, but they did PE twice a day and they put PE before the class, the kid was struggling and they saw a 45% improvement in grades from putting PE before the class they were struggling because the kids are paying attention easier. This ADD, like there is mental disabilities, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it is just the kids are sitting all day. And here in New York, we do PE once every other day. Oh, wow. What are we teaching our kids? And now PE's turned into like tests and then less about activity, more about just what they know. But they do that throughout the rest of the day. We need to keep them active. We need to keep them moving. We need to instill healthy habits. And I am a full component PE twice a day, get the kids moving and really start at the younger ages. No, I'm with you. We had PE every day and PE was hard. It wasn't like just a recess. Like it was an actual class. We actually got graded on our physical, not abilities, but effort, you know, (laughs) and you could fail, you know, because if you decided to like, you know, take shortcuts or not try, you were out of there, you know, so I, I don't I don't get why do you think there's so much pushback now, right? With like yeah, with money, yeah, but like it's it's almost like 
it's sabotage, really, because if you're saying or putting it under uh, the auspices of body positivity, and I'm all for body positivity. I don't think there's this perfect body. I think everybody should love the skin that they're in. I think everybody should love where they are. But I also think that loving who you are and still recognizing the need for improvement is just resp- is just maturity. It's not a good or bad. It's just a, a fact of life. Like I can still improve. You know, if you so, love who you are, why are yeah. you unhealthy? Yeah, that's the bottom. If you really love you, why are you hurting your body? Why are you decreasing your chance of living a longer life? Why are you risking cardiovascular disease at the age of fifty? If you loved yourself, you take care of yourself. And I think instead of this body positivity movement where everyone's okay with the way they are, maybe it should be you're great with who you are as long as you put your best foot forward and really try to improve your well-being. And I don't mean that just physically. I mean that mentally, too. Everyone should take care of themselves mentally, physically, spiritually. I think all three are really important. And instead of – there should be no body shaming. I'm not a fan of that whatsoever. Right, But body positivity to an extent, body positivity and you're at a healthy weight. I'm not, no one needs to be a model skinny. That's unhealthy. Even at, even people that skinny, that's unhealthy. That shouldn't be glamorized. But same with, same with the other side. Let's just be us. Let's be the best version of ourselves. Let's take care of ourselves. And then that could be body positivity where we have a different focus of the physical, mental, and spiritual side of it. I like it. I like it. And they talked to us about expanding or some of the obstacles of the of of owning a gym, right? So, like, um, I had Bo on here. You, you met Bo. You've been on the show with Bo, and he talked about you know the certain insurances he has to carry and whatnot. And it seems like it's a very costly uh, entry. Uh, fee, right? Uh, and and why can't it be like from financing? Like, if you open up a gym, there's specialized equipment. You want better machinery. You want more isolated, you know, high tech machines. You don't have to have like, you know, laser sensors and all that. And there's some gyms that have like body scanning. You don't have to have body scanning, you know, imagery and tech. But I do think there's some things that have to be implemented. Why does it seem like it's easier to start up a fast food restaurant than it is a gym? Oh, don't get me wrong. They're both hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owning a business is just difficult. I think right. that's the bottom line. You don't appreciate small business until you own a small business. And I mean that. Go find your fellow friend, a small business owner, and give them a hug, man. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, every industry the nonsensical loopholes that you have to go through to get open is just mind-blowing. It feels like the permit process and the government, it just doesn't want you opening a small business. That's what it feels like. Hmm. And you're just like, oh, and I got to this, and I got to this, and I got to this. It's insane. So God bless everyone that owns a business. <laughs> Specifically to gyms, gyms are very rent-high, payroll-low is a good way to think of it, where we need space. That's probably our biggest downfall. We can't operate in 500 square feet like some offices can. Right. You're not going to go to a gym that's 500 square feet. And depending on your model, like I said at 2000, my rent's $5,000 a month. So you got to think of that's a lot of money paying every single month just to get members to break even on that. Now I got to pay my trainers. Trainers are not cheap. Then I got to pay, if I want, front desk staff. 
So somebody to answer phones, to clean the gym, to take care of walk-ins. Then I got to pay for my liability insurance, which everyone has to pay on a spot, but we have to pay it for each trainer has to have a certain liability. Then we have to pay payroll tax. Now my favorite, this is my favorite people as employees come to me and or somebody else, whatever. And they go, I want a pay raise or I deserve 15 or $16 an hour. It only costs you 15 or $16 an hour. What's the big deal? No, no, that's not what it only costs me. I have to pay your salary or hourly, whatever it is. Then I have to pay taxes to pay you. So I got to pay 10% on top of whatever I'm paying someone just to, just because I get to pay people. So I have to pay taxes. Then I have to pay workman's comp extra, which is an extra 2%. Then I got to pay any liability. So depending on your state, you'll have different state programs you have to pay into like parental leave and stuff like that. So no, it's not 16 an hour, 15 an hour to pay you. It's like more like double that, <laughs> which is really what we're paying out of pocket to pay someone to be there, which is was my biggest pet peeve of uh, Long Island minimum wages starts 15 next year. People don't realize the impact of small business and how it affects us because now I can't hire people. So wouldn't you rather me hire people as opposed to raising the wage over here? So it's a lot of difficult components that the other side is training people, training trainers, making sure, like you said, a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. I have a very stingent interview process. I, I need to make sure my trainers know what they're doing because they can hurt someone. Then guess whose insurance that goes on? And guess who's responsible? So there's a lot of stuff. I can go all day. I did like a four-hour episode on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to – I'm going to spare you the nitty-gritty. But that's just like overall component. Yes, equipment's great. You don't need it depending on what you're going for. Mine cost me a hundred grand, but it's a one-time payment and done. Unlike – I'm owning a dress store, owning a grocery store. We constantly turn inventory. inventory yep. so that's the one benefit of owning a gym. It's a one-time payment. That's it with ins- equipment stuff. But it's difficult, man. It's difficult to convince people to want to work out. It's difficult to convince even more that they need a trainer. So it's, it's all mindset. That's what we try to do is change people's mindset. Hey, you need this. Hey, I'm trying to save your life. Let me, let me help you. Uh, I'm just here to help you. If I wanted to make money, I'd be doing any other industry. If I wanted to come and help people, that's why I'm here. Everyone owns a gym and is a trainer because they actually want to help people, not for the money. Trust me. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes sense. What? Uh, that actually opened up a whole new, but I know we're coming out to the end. I was like, I can actually go further into that. So uh, summer is approaching. Um, we're about three months out, basically 90 days away. Uh, and... I feel that every summer has its own poison. And what I mean by that, you know, you'll, you'll get individuals who didn't do anything in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, and now they want to lose 30 pounds in, in three weeks, right? And so they start with uh, scientifically unproved diets, you know, severe calorie restrictions, uh, you know, propaganda and tea and stuff like that, that doesn't, you know, anything that they can do that they think is going to get them there, they start engaging in. Can you give the warning now? That is not the right way. If you want a great body by the summer, the goal should be summer 2022, not summer 2021, because we've already missed that mark 
Let's start now and prepare for the future. How about we do this? We just get rid of it all together. No summer bodies, no nothing. Create a habit that you can do now to start living, making yourself a healthier life. Anything, whether it's walking a few extra steps a day, drinking one less soda, do a habit you can maintain to keep you on a healthier path and do it for you. Don't do it for other people. You work your body for other people. Do it because it makes you feel better. Do it because it helps you sleep better. Do it because it makes you feel better about life. Do it for you, not for others. And I think that should be, out of everything, the biggest takeaway, work out for you. So that doesn't mean no summer bodies. And you know what? It's not realistic to lose 30 pounds in three weeks, as you said. It's totally <laughs> – don't hop on these crazy fad diets. Cody can tell you all about yeah. the keto diet. But don't <laughs> – Start living a healthier life one step at a time because it's easy to maintain. It's easy to develop that habit and do it over a longer period of time. And you know what? Take your scale and throw it in the garbage. Don't even look at it. Scale, weight, it means absolutely nothing. And everyone's going to say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, it's about your body fat percentage, which you don't measure on a scale. So you're not going to buy a calibration machine. Just start working out. Just start feeling better. If your pant size goes down, awesome. That's what we're going for. You feel better and you haven't lost any weight, awesome. You're feeling better. You're sleeping better, awesome. You're sleeping better. Little, little victories lead to big success. That's true. One step at a time to climb the mountain, man. I like that. Little victories lead to big success. Anthony, thank you so much. You have been a pleasure, my friend. Brother, where can they connect with you? How can they support you? I am everywhere. You know, I got my show, Health and Fitness Redefined. Check it out. We're on YouTube. We're on every platform that Cody's on. So you're going to listen to Cody's show. Then you're going to go listen to my show. My gym is Redefined Fitness over in Mount Sinai, New York. We're a 101 training studio, redefined-fitness.com. And if you just reach out, Anthony Ammons, my name. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. You name it, man. (laughs) That's it. Guys, support Anthony. He's an amazing, uh, not just fitness influencer, not just a business owner, but gym owner, health and wellness uh, guru. He's really dedicated to making a better you. He's not interested in you getting a million Instagram followers. He's interested in you living a long and healthy and productive life. And the cool thing about support is it's free. All you got to do is follow him and say, hey, I like you. I saw you on the podcast. I'm subscribed to your thing. And if you want to keep seeing amazing content here, subscribe to the YouTube page or YouTube at CV Space K. Anthony, I appreciate it so much, brother. Thanks. Absolutely, Cody. It's always a pleasure, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? You like what you saw? Were you entertained? Were you informed? You want to keep seeing amazing content? Subscribe at the link below YouTube, CV Space K. You connect where all podcasts are streaming Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Connect with me. I want to connect with you. Let's enjoy the ride.